Phil, that was uh, Jeff Cox uh, discussing Paul Brunton, and he referred to him often uh, to, as PB. The book, The Short Path yeah. to Enlightenment, Instructions for Immediate Awakening. Really enjoyed him. I mean, he's very insightful. And also uh, the discussion about the short and long path, I enjoyed very much because, you know, I've been in this uh, arena of spirituality, as have you, for many years. And uh, every once in a while, somebody will come along. Often people will come along and say, oh, it's immediate. You don't have to learn. You don't have to practice. It's just you're there already. You just have to realize it. Honestly, I've never bought into that, and I haven't seen any yeah. very, very much result in that regard. And, and no, I, and I, I don't. Think, I don't think the track record uh, bears that out, from what I can tell. Right. And and I think you know, to the extent it might happen, and uh, occasionally, it's often with people who have been on a path for a long time right, and right. doing stuff, and right. then there's a suddenness to uh, some kind of permanent breakthrough that somehow makes them think there was no prerequisite to it. Right. And, well, the, uh, the other thing is I think there's a good and bad side to it. When you hear there's a short path, uh, it, it attracts people that would be shy away from a long path. Uh, the, do, the downside of it is uh, people start uh, going that direction of spirituality, and then they don't, they don't have the immediate result they want, full-on enlightenment, however they might define that. And then they just uh, walk away from it. I've seen a lot of that. Right. And so I right. Think and are... I think it's if it were phrased like, you know, there's a direct path and to give you an immediate experience of, of transcendence, but it's it's not it's ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's going to be a temporary glimpse right. that is transformative in itself, but is part of an ongoing path, not just, you know, here it is, you know, abracadabra, and now you're permanently enlightened. Right. And I think uh, in the 60s, uh, with psychedelics, a lot of uh, folks thought that was going to be the ultimate short path. You pop the pill, you have the experience, and, and then it was it was gone, you know, and, and a lot of people then gave up on spirituality. Others realized it might be a, a long trek to get to where they're going, but right. it was worth getting there because... Uh, the, the, the experience uh, could and, and would be uh, uh, and should be very profound. So I, yeah. I, I think uh, uh, another thing I want to bring out and see if you know anything about this, uh, I think he's the first guest we've had on uh, who referred to the spirituality, spiritual practices of ancient Egypt. And I, I, that must yeah. come out of the Theosophists. And I'm sure there's a, a real body of knowledge there that I'm, uh, quite unfamiliar with, and to be curious, yeah. to see if we could find. Maybe we should get on somebody who's really uh, immersed in in those mm -hmm. uh, Egyptian teachings. It yeah. would be interesting. And also, uh, uh, I didn't know that about Brunton. I just yeah. always associated him with the guy who wrote a search for secret India, and um, uh, introduced the world to Ramana Maharshi in the '30s, and then had you know an influence beyond that. Um, I write about him in American Veda, right. but I didn't know about that Egyptian. Yeah, that, that period of time when Yogananda first came and before that was fascinating because, fascinating because there were so few people that were involved. And in the early part of the 20th century, 1920s, 19, in, the, in the teens, there were the theosophists and, uh, and, and the spiritualists, and, and uh, that was going on. And then also... The author, uh, Somerset Maugham, back around that period yes. of time, he wrote The Razor's Edge. 
And obviously from 1944. Yeah, he was really plugged in, in into uh, some some avenues of spirituality. Uh, but it was really uh, uh, not a lot of folks in that period of time. When PB, when Paul Brunton, uh, I think he died in 1981. He was born like in 18, 1890-something. Uh, that, that, that period of time, there weren't a lot of um, people in that arena in the West. And so uh, we really have to honor those people that were, because they got the yes. whole book. And of course, read uh, both uh, uh, American Vedic, as it gets into this, and also uh, your book on Yogananda, because also it's, it, it covers that period of time, which to me, in terms of spirituality, is most fascinating in terms of uh, uh, Eastern, Eastern knowledge coming to the West. It's yeah, absolutely... this is all you know, sort of pre-60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, you, you, you mentioned uh, Somerset Maugham and, and the Razor's Edge, and there's a connection to Brunton. In fact, I mentioned the Razor's Edge in American Veda in the context of Brunton because he made so many people aware of Ramana Maharshi that people would go to Tiruvannamalai Mm-hmm. where I've been and where I'm taking a, a tour group next year, um, because Ramana Maharshi is so much better known now than he was during his lifetime. He died in 1950. But people were in the 30s, and then, in, of course, during the war years, very, there was very, very little travel. I don't think you could even get to India from, from the West. Um, but outside of, you know, certain people... But Mom, whether he learned about Ramana Maharshi from Brunton or from some other source, went there and met Ramana Maharshi. And if you read The Razor's Edge, the guru figure in the book is modeled after Ramana Maharshi. Interesting. Interesting. I, 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 by the way, if folks, if you haven't read that, those people listening uh, read The Razor's Edge, please do. I know a number of people that... That was the first book that excited their interest yeah. in pursuing spirituality. He read it, I read, read it wrote, in read, wrote another book, wrote several books, but one other one was The Moon is Sixpence, which was very good. But, but The Razor's Edge was really about spirituality. There was a lot of profound knowledge, I felt, in that book. And they've even made two movies uh, on, on yeah. uh, The Razor's Edge. And I like them both. And I think the, first, the, uh, the second one didn't, it got real mixed reviews with... Uh, no, no, no. If you're going to see the Razor's Edge movie, see the first one with Tyrone Power who is the, in, the second in one black and white. The, the one Bill with Murray. Bill Murray. But I, I actually, <laughs> I, I, now there's a story behind it. Uh, I, I like that one as well. I, I made it in my minority. And I probably saw it four or five times because of, I was excited about how the spirituality was brought out. I mean, and, and uh, apparently the movie Ghostbusters, which was a huge blockbuster, it was in his contract. He wouldn't do that movie unless they agreed to allow yes. him to do the Razor's That's Edge. That's kind of bombed in the box office, I think. But I still think yeah. it's no, it, it was not what people one. wanted from uh, Bill Murray to play. Yeah, see, that was part American of uh, seeker who right. goes to India and gives up a privileged life right. to to be a, a you know a, a spiritual practitioner. Great, great book, and so uh, uh, recommend that. So this uh, uh, one of the things I, I would like to have him back on the show because there's a lot more we could cover with him and and uh, the yep. organization uh, uh, that, that uh, promotes Paul Brunton they preserve his teachings his writings they what do you say twenty five thousand uh, pages uh, but I wonder if they also propagate if they 
actively try to solicit new people to come into uh, their fold or to be I think no, I don't get that so much of that. at all. I think yeah. it's it's a very low key and yes. uh, organization, yeah. and there's a community that developed around Ithaca. Right. I wrote about that. That's how I first heard yeah. about. It, it almost um, sounds a little bit like uh, instructed somewhat like the Theosophical Society was, where intellectuals uh, 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 come together and they they're uh, fascinated by these teachings and and explore them. No, I'm not so sure because really? there was a big proselytizing element and, and outreach in the Theosophy. So this is uh -huh. a small group of people centered around Ithaca, uh, because that's where Anthony Damiani, who was a direct uh, devotee of Brunton's and his friend um, lived and he and so there was a community and then a publishing company established around that but it's it's not like a you know an international organization you know with outreach or beautiful area Ithaca College yeah. is up there Ithaca yeah. University Cornell University it's in the Finger Lakes region of New York lots of snow up there from about <laughs> right November now, yeah. to April, uh, and uh, yeah, but very pretty, and uh, people like it up there. Uh, yeah, long winters, beautiful summers. Anyway, uh, yeah, okay. I, I look forward to having him back on the show. I, okay, I thought he was fascinating, and lots of great ones coming up, Phil. So, folks, yeah, out there, we have a lot tuned. of good shows coming up. Keep us on the the theme this month is keep us on the air, and uh, we have to figure out a way to. Uh, to subsidize our uh, endeavors in this area. But certainly All right. It's a lot of fun. All right, Phil, till next time. Next time.